Welcome to Catechesis, also known as Cats and Jesus. Catechesis is Greek for teaching, and that's what our hosts, Reverend James Goodlett and Reverend Adam Roberts, will do with this podcast, Teach. Each week, they will study, discuss, and dissect the week's scripture and spoken word. Catechesis is a digital outreach of First Presbyterian Church of LaGrange. Welcome your hosts, James and Adam. Welcome to Catechesis, a production of Lewis and Broad Media. My name is James Goodlett. I am one of the pastors here at First Presbyterian Church in good old LaGrange, Georgia, here with the Reverend Dr. Adam Roberts. Adam, on this middle spring day, how do you find yourself good, sir? I, I find myself very well. I do. I find the Braves on a troubling losing streak, but I find myself very well. And that, that is a rabbit hole we could go down. <laughs> yes. But our listeners, I'm not sure they all are I tuning know. in for I know. Braves it was just, chat. It was, it was top of mind for me after. A, but what, like five of seven they lost? Unfortunate loss to the Texas Rangers yeah, last night. It's, it is. It's not even a real team. Troubling. <laughs> is that even a real state? I don't think so. And it's mythological. You know what? If we want to get our Texans listenership up, let's just bash the state. <laughs> And then our social media will flood with catechesis hatred from, from Atlanta, the Lone Star Atlanta, country. Atlanta's way better than Houston. I don't know. So anyways, <laughs> we move on. Uh, if you would like to bash us on social media, feel free to find us at Lewis and Broad or on lewisandbroad.org where you can find archived podcasts. From this and other Lewis and Broad podcasts, including the flagship Lewis and Broad podcast that just wrapped up season number five. We are also joined in studio, as always, by the one we call Aunt Rhonda. She, she looks like my Aunt Rhonda when Aunt Rhonda was that age. So. A.K.A. Layton, A.K.A. Layton Parker. Layton. Everything good in your world right now? Dead air. I guess. You guess? Sure. Sure. Well, maybe we can brighten up your day with our weekly installment of Ask Layton. Adam? So, let's assume that both these items are your style, they're your brand, and they're going to fit perfectly. Would you rather... Receive a new pair of expensive shoes or a new pair of expensive sunglasses. Shoes. I, there was no hesitation there. I lose sunglasses. And now that's why I've never invested a huge amount in sunglasses. I had other than prescription sunglasses, but even then, they're going to get lost. So I'm, I'm going to be the. Uh the outlier on well, this one. Well, so I probably would choose the sunglasses, though, if somebody's giving them to me, because that's not something I like to spend money on. I'll choose the sunglasses. I was actually thinking earlier today that my previous pair of sunglasses I had from 2003 to 2019. <laughs> that is very impressive. And this, Wait, now they were I'm, prescription, so, or what's the deal with that? No, thing? they're not. They were just polarized Costas yeah. that I love to use. Where, where contacts with them, I assume? I do. All right. And... 
yeah, I have a uh, new pair that I've I'm going on what four or five years with. Sunglasses well for done. me are a thing. I yeah, I hold on to them. They, um, I am a shoe guy. Mm. Love me some shoes. I'm not sad to say it. Not ashamed. I'm a little ashamed. I mean, great shoes are fantastic, <laughs> uh, and they you can you can accessorize them so well. What's your what's your, what's your brand of choice? Put I find myself. <laughs> We're just whipping this for no reason. I find myself being very <laughs> jealous of people when they have fantastic shoe. What's the word I'm looking for? Fashion. Uh, but, you know. Co- collection. I, I, curated. Yeah. Curated shoe collection. Yes. Yes. And for me. <laughs> We've lost Leighton for sure now. The eyes. We're getting. I, I definitely enjoy the on clouds that I've been rocking. Oh, okay. We went sneaker. The on clouds have been. Lovely. I have some APLs. Do you know about these? Athletic Propulsion Labs. Do you like them? <laughs> I love them. They propel me. <laughs> I've noticed a lot of people are going with the Hoka's these days. That's true. They look a little. They look a little um, spongy for me. A little cushy. They're not. <laughs> This is the most we've gotten late. On, Next, on it Mike. is. We have definitely found the topic. We have found. Oh, look at her now. She just meets herself. <laughs> oh, she pushed the mic away. Hit the button and push the mic away. I do sometimes wonder if it's a lazy narrative. Speaking of shoes, to conclude that people in Jesus's day wore sandals. <laughs> uh. And that's our weekly installment of <laughs> Find the Segway. <laughs> I would love to know more about that topic. I'm sure we can research it. Maybe that'll be my doctoral project. That could be a fine dissertation. What was... Somebody out there uh, has studied this. There's no doubt. What was podiatric... Was that... Is that even a word? Pediatric? Just kidding. Podiatrically... I do not know. Podiatrically, aesthetically (laughs) pleasing in Uh, first century Palestine. Yeah, I'm sorry, everybody. I know we got, but we got frescoes and things. So I'd I'd go with those because you know what happened in first century Palestine. Maybe not frescoes. I don't know what they are. The old wall. Luke draw, Acts happened in oh, first yeah. century Palestine. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It did. Luke Acts is our scripture base camp for the day, so to speak. Specifically, Acts chapter one, verses one through fourteen. What's going on here, Adam? Well, so we start with a huge segue, a linkage from the Gospel of Luke onto Volume 2, which we call Acts of the Apostles, the Book of Acts. Uh, We know for a whole bunch of reasons that they're linked and uh, share literary uh, sequence authorship, but we know that mostly because it tells us (laughs) <laughs> right at the beginning. Yes, it does. Uh, <laughs> and there are many, many things in the text themselves that show similarities. But, yes, my former book, Theophilus, was about Jesus. And now this one is going to go on to tell the story of what unfolds after Jesus. Because we hear about Theophilus where? At the beginning of Luke. Right. Yeah. And Theophilus is what? It's God lover. God lover. I, I got to say, my great-grandmother was named Maddie Theo. And then the joke in the family was she always thought she was God. But you got to have a lot of Greek knowledge to get that. I I really (laughs) fought hard to name one of our children Theophilus. Oof. No, I really didn't. But a a dog, that would be. 
Huffless uh, is not necessarily a human being, though. It, it, it's might couched. not be one human being. Might not be. Right. It was, it was couched in those terms, but how coincidental that it means lover of God. It could mean an individual or all lovers of God. Yes. It, this Luke Acts work is written to a community of lovers of God, i.e. the church. And so that's what we get in the opening chapters of Luke and of Acts. And so, yeah, the writer, we'll call the writer Luke, says, as he said, in the first book, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up to heaven. And then the writer that's, recaps that's that That's where we are, yes. That's right into the action. Yeah. Now, this is also what in the liturgical calendar, which is a fancy schmancy word for church calendar. It's the, it, the way we tell the story. That's right. Through the year. It is ascension season. What is the ascension and why is it important? Well, so it's what's going to unfold right here in this chapter. And, you know, as we prepare to celebrate Pentecost... Uh, it's important to have this in-between time uh, in which these disciples are left in this passage in, in Acts 1 looking up into the sky and then this angelic figure saying, why are you standing there looking up at the sky? And and they are caught in that moment of in-between. Holy Spirit, Pentecost has not yet. Uh, and, and resurrected Jesus is now gone again. So in a... I think there's a real sense of loss here, potentially. There's a, there's a second loss of the leader. Yeah, what I what I love is in verse 3 of, of the first chapter in Acts. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during 40 days. 40 days, 40 days. That's a big Bible number. Boom. Alarms should be setting off in your biblical brains <laughs> because we see 40 days during times of wilderness. Transition. Transition. Testing. Liminal space, as we have called it before, in between times. 40, not just days, but years. Yeah, suffering. Um, Took them a long time to enter the promised land, some 40 years back in the day. So 40 sounds off all kinds of alarms. It also speaks to me of some stubbornness. Did it really take them 40 days to realize he was who he said he was? <laughs> uh, hmm, man, that's a great question. I... Part of me thinks maybe, because I know I've had a few experiences in my life, uh, deeply spiritual experiences or startling experiences. They don't even have to be deeply spiritual. Think about when something shocking happened to you, and maybe you find yourself wondering later, like, did that did that happen? No way that happened. Well, we do know <laughs> at the end of Luke, there was the walk to Emmaus, right? Yeah. They didn't even realize he was there. They knew somebody was there. It was some guy, some stranger. It wasn't until... They invited him in the house and broke bread with him that they realized, oh, hello there. And it's you. And then he's gone. 
So <laughs> I do think there is some, if you want to couch it in Paulian terms, descaling of the eyes. Nice. That's happening in those 40 days. It takes a minute for them to realize who he is, what he's about. He stays with them. Then he orders them not to leave Jerusalem, which is kind of a peculiar little command. I I also have to wonder, this is what we do when we're diving into texts, is ask these, like, very Montessori uh, uh, questions. uh, I wonder. (laughs) I'm curious. It's a huge part of preaching. There you go, everybody. You're getting to see in the kitchen. A huge part of preaching is you do. You sit there and you just brainstorm with it and you ask a lot of questions i'm curious if during those 40 days say on day 34 did the disciples think maybe he's sticking around forever is he ever gonna leave they had to hope i think they hoped that yeah makes complete sense to me which would make what happens afterwards kind of jarring bittersweet yeah sad because i think you and i were talking about this in pre-production when, when I've preached this scripture, this ascension, it's it's really easy to glorify it. And and even there's, there's humor in it. So Jesus flies away. He's lifted up. A cloud takes him out of their sight. Very dramatic. And they're sitting there gazing up toward heaven. And suddenly two men in white robes are standing there. And those two men in white robes ask, why are you standing there? looking toward heaven. And, and I've asked this a hundred times or said this a hundred times about this particular scripture. If I were one of those apostles, disciple types, I would have been like, what do you mean? Why are we standing? <laughs> what do you talk? Where else first would we of all, possibly be looking right now? First of all, white robed man, <laughs> men, where did you come from? <laughs> Who are you? And second, did you not just see what, what just happened there? We did, the, the dude flew. Yeah, a guy who came back from the dead and has been with us for 40 days, he just flew up into the sky. I mean, I, I've asked that rhetorically before of this of this text. And basically, the men in white robes go on. They don't really let him answer. They say, this Jesus, I love how it says, this Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven, which is in itself kind of a cryptic thing to say. But basically, that these guys in white robes, angels, whatever they are, they say, it's time for you to get to work. I, I, I've preached that sermon a number of times before. The thing I don't think I've really dug into is they're with them for, for 40 days. They've been through hell and back with this guy. All of a sudden, he's gone emotionally, what are they experiencing? Yeah, and and how are they going to receive the power that they're going to have, that they're going to need? Now, we know that's going to be post-Pentecost transformation. But in the meantime, as we were talking earlier, I said this reminds me of that moment at the end of a graveside service, which I've, like most pastors, have led those many times. And so you have committed that body to the ground. You've said the prayers, read scripture. There comes the moment, traditionally, where the maybe the pastor goes and shakes the hands of the family, hugs, and then often maybe a funeral director stands up and says, this concludes our graveside service. Thank you all for coming. And then what? 
everybody sort of, it's a, it's a weird moment. Uh, it's time to go get in the car and drive away and go do whatever comes next, which is usually in the South, a big gathering somewhere and a lot of food. And that's kind of when we have the wake. That's All right. the casseroles. <laughs> All the casseroles. That's right. And, uh, but even then that's going to end and there's going to come a point where you realize we go on from here with a very different relationship to this person than, than we had. Yeah. Uh, that it's, this is the end. It's not the same thing, obviously as a funeral and where somebody has literally died and you leave them behind, so to speak, you, you move on with your life. But the moment I go to is when I was a freshman in college and my parents and I drove up to where I was going to school and we unloaded the cars and we moved into my dorm room and then we went outside my dorm room after it was after I was done, after we were done moving in and I remember very vividly walking down by my dorm uh, on a road that went between the dorm and our soccer stadium uh, at my alma mater and walking down with my parents and then hugging them goodbye and then watching them as they rounded a corner (laughs) and they were gone. And then it was like, okay, yeah. now what? Nobody is watching me. Right. And and so... (laughs) So there is, there is that hopeful expectation, anticipation of what could come full of possibility. So it is different than the driving away from that funeral scene. It strikes me though, that there is that continuing ah, melancholy sadness here until Pentecost, potentially in that what we've had is lost and what we will have, we don't know yet even if we believe it's going to be spectacularly good and we have great reason to believe that, which is the scenario where the disciples are in this moment. Years after, years after I'd graduated college, I mean years and years, I was well into my 30s, my dad told me about going home and late that evening after dropping me at college that he just cried and cried and cried. And I thought, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. I never knew that. I couldn't have imagined. Um, And so... That's a human thing to just feel lost in the wake of incredible change, to feel lost in that. Yeah, no matter what kind of change it is. I mean, yeah. it, it really, in the in the scripture itself, it doesn't really speak to their emotional state. That's right. We're it, definitely it just says they imagining. did what he said. That, yeah, yeah, we're eisegeting, <laughs> reading into it. Seminary joke. Sorry, I got it. I laughed. It just say, (laughs) it just says that they returned to Jerusalem, did what he said, and went up to the a room where they were staying, and devoted themselves to the prayers, and that's it. Now we can imagine, however, because we all go through these big life transitions, how they may have been feeling. I mean, I can imagine that they were processing. What do you think Jesus meant when he said, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now? Like, how many days? What do we, what do we, and what does that mean? And I do do want to think by this point, they think that means something. Like, (laughs) something is going to happen. What's, what's the story? What's that going to look like? Uh, And 
Wait, he's left us before, and he came back in three days. So do you think he'll be back in three days? Hmm. And and it's said that he will come back in the same way as we saw him go into heaven. So is he going to come down, like, flying down onto – I mean, what would it, what will that look like? Will the clouds just part? I mean, I would be 90 to nothing in my brain trying to figure out what in the world just happened. They they had to be. Yeah. But. And then, and then they still wait. What I do appreciate. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, that's the thing. There is some faithfulness. You have to, you have to give them props because even with all these questions, and all this stuff that's happening, verse 14 is very clear. They were still devoting themselves to prayer. They were still doing what he said. Even though he wasn't there with them, they went back to Jerusalem, just like he said. They prayed. They waited. Yeah. And even with all that, they it, it, it seems to me that they still believed that there was more to come. Though they must have been tremendous. I, I can imagine they would have been tremendously anxious about what it would all look like. Waiting with expectation and doing their thing, yeah. So um, Aunt Rhonda and I were talking earlier uh, about this documentary out on Netflix I would highly recommend to people called Stutz, about Phil Stutz, who is a famous therapist, and it's the tools he's developed. Over if there's a documentary, just let me say, Aunt Rhonda's watched it. <laughs> this one is great. Uh, tools that he's developed over a lifetime of uh, working in psychotherapy. And uh, he says that one of the first things that's important for people is to understand there are three things that are inescapable for all humans. This sounds not hopeful at first, but he shows how hopeful it actually is. He says, pain, uncertainty, and constant work. <laughs> Those three things are not escaped by anybody. There, it doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter how famous you are. There will be pain. There will be uncertainty. And you will have to work every day at whatever it is that you're doing. And so I just see that. In the, and, and then he says the sooner a person can accept this, the more able you are to start moving forward in healthy ways in your life. And, and then he's got a whole bunch of much more optimistic things. But these are, these are three realities of being a human. So, look, they're, they're, there's still pain for them in this story. There's a whole lot of uncertainty. And they go about the work. They elect another disciple. They pray. They meet together. They go about the work. And then we find out what happens. It's all set up. With next week's <laughs> podcast. That's right. But for the meantime, Ascension strikes me as a little bit, it's almost adventy. Oh, yeah. The, the way... They they watch it was but it's Advent in reverse, reverse. In, instead Going of up, rather ins than coming down yeah, yeah instead of Advent coming you know waiting on Jesus to and, come back and becoming well, they, earthly yeah, yeah now Jesus has left them and they're waiting on something next yeah and they do so it seems to me with faithfulness with resolve yeah and maybe even with shoes. <laughs> They were wearing shoes of some kind. I've been there. It's very rocky. And that is what we call <laughs> a full circle <laughs> podcast. Next week is Pentecost. Look forward to chatting about that with y'all. Of course, we'll be covering the Acts too, but there may even be an additional scripture we're going to throw in there. We're going to have some fun with it. I hope you'll tune I'm just, in. I'm ready to get Pentecostal. So let us know what you think. Facebook, Twitter. Instagram at Lewis and Broad, Lewis and Broad dot 
O-R-G. Look forward to diving into the scripture with y'all again next week. But for this week, my name is James Goodlett. Adam Roberts. And for Aunt Rhonda, a.k.a. Leighton Parker, we bid you adieu and remember who and whose you are. Thanks for joining us this week at Catechesis. Follow along on our social media and our websites at fpclagrange.org and lewisandbrad.org. Until next week.